We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, November the 23rd, 2022. Hope y'all are doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. I see Gene Lott. Kemper, happy Thanksgiving, my guy. Justin Langford as well. Travi, Brennan M., Todd Smith, Rob, Gad, Shulin, Chuck McIntosh, Connor Lee, Noah Johns, Kevin Crossland, Luke Davis with the first comment. Cocky Twan, what's going on? Appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, have the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, be sure your questions are answered there, guys. We are rocking. We are rolling here on this Thanksgiving Eve, here on this Wednesday. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. we got a lot to get into, a lot to discuss. Of course, my good friend Anthony Treesh going to join us here in just a moment. We've also got J.C. Sherbert at 115. So we are double dipping here on this Wednesday, of course, with no TDC tomorrow. And again, I appreciate y'all rocking and rolling with the punches and being understanding in regards to that. Of course, as always, guys, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show. Yeah, shout out to the guy Trev Hewitt, man. That 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 song he made, that Beamer Ball song, incredible. Incredible. We reposted it on Facebook. I, I saw he commented yesterday, and I just did not get to it. Trev Hewitt. Shout out to him, Trev Hewitt. That was incredible. Um, let's see. Guys, again, thank you all so much. Uh, I've been I've had a lot of folks send me Clemson Tom's response video, and I thought my response on Twitter summed it up beautifully. The yeah, I mean, that's all you get from me. So, uh, Luke Davis asks, Chris, are you going to the game? No, we are throwing a watch party Saturday in Columbia at Carolina Alehouse. Of course, Carolina Alehouse, uh, one of our business partners, we've thrown watch parties for all of the South Carolina Road games this season. We will indeed do that on Saturday as well. So, no, we will be throwing no watch party. Columbia, though, if you're not going to the game, all my Columbia Gamecocks, all my Midland Gamecocks, all my folks around the area, if you need somewhere to post up and watch, we will be at Carolina Ale House in Harbison on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to it. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and appreciate all those of you that support and show love and that show out to those. Man, it's, it's, it's a ton of fun watching the games with you. Um, again, I sent the link 
over to Anthony Treesh. I have not heard from Anthony, so we will see. We will see if he actually joins the show at 12.05. If he doesn't, we'll just take your questions, comments, calls. Uh, but I believe Anthony will be joining us at 12.05, and I hope he does because we got a lot to discuss and a lot to get into. Um, again, appreciate you guys. Podcast dropped this morning, episode 732. Also, I want to say thank you all so much, man, for the love and support of the merchandise side of the business. I am finally caught up. We finally got all towel orders, all koozies orders, all, all those orders shipped out. I have been shipping, or I have been packaging and shipping koozies and towels nonstop since Sunday. Nonstop. So I want to say thank you all so much, man. It's incredible. The, the love and support on the merchandise side of the business. I know many people have asked, where can you get this hat? TSUS.store is where you can find it. It is on the online store. You'll see at the very top, we've got a Clem Sucks collection. So if you want to shop all things Clem Sucks, hats, beanies, T-shirts, um, everything, everything you can think of, we, we, we've got it there. Stickers. So, Luke Davis, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I will be hanging out with family and friends. Uh, looking forward to that, doing the Thanksgiving thing, watching football, overeating, right? Doing the typical Thanksgiving tradition and giving thanks as well. And I, I want to say this, guys, I said on the podcast today, but I'll say it yet again. I am so thankful for each and every single one of you that tunes in, that shows love, that shows support. Uh, so thankful for you guys, even more than you may know. So I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, so thankful for everything. Thankful we have the opportunity to do this every single day and and conversate and, and, uh, and banter together. And I appreciate each and every single one of you. Again, guys, we're waiting on Anthony Treesh. Uh, <laughs> apparently, my guy Chuck McIntosh changed his name in the TDC questions or in, in the Big Cock Club Discord to slapdick mcintosh uh love that he says let's rock this joint by the way guys uh tomorrow of course it is thanksgiving but i will be getting back on home soil um tomorrow afternoon so i I don't know that i I don't know if anybody in the we might hang out in the big cock club discords if you want to join the big cock club patreon.com slash big cock club is where you can find it uh join us join the discord and i don't know maybe we can get one of my guys in there to or one of the, somebody in there to, to stream the the egg bowl or something like that. I You know, I tell you, some of my favorite memories of Thanksgiving week for sure are uh, just watching ball, man, watching all the games and, and uh, you know, hanging out. Let's see. I think maybe Anthony Treesh had plans today. I, I don't know. Maybe he had plans today. I, I forget. I forgot. Either way, okay, let's just open the phone lines up. I don't know. Maybe I forgot about that. I, dude, it's it's crazy this week with people's travel plans. And I mean, even if he doesn't come on, we do have uh, J.C. Sherbert coming on at 115. But I, I guess I should have hit up Anthony Trees before 1155. That's my bad. <laughs> That's my bad. So, again, phone lines are open now. 843-790-3377. If he does join us, we'll get him on at some point. But in the meantime, guys, I do want to hear from you. Um you know, as I said yesterday, guys, of course, I dropped my best bet today, and I, I, I like the under. I like the under. Um, I, I think it'll be a very a very back-and-forth game. I think it'll be like, be like two heavyweight fighters sort of feeling each other out. You know, I, I don't think – let me put it this way. I, I don't think South Carolina is a 63-point-per-game offense like we saw against Tennessee. I also don't think they're a zero-point-per-game offense like we saw against Florida. The truth typically right lies somewhere in the middle. So I, I 
I, I don't think you're going to see some offensive explosion. Again, I, I saw my guy, Cocky Twan. I think he put 52 to 21 Gamecocks. I don't see that happening. Uh, Clemson's defense is much better than Tennessee's, right? You look at the numbers, you know, if you're going to get them, it's typically through the passing game. They're allowing 214 yards per game through the air, but just 114 yards per game, or excuse me, 104, 114, 104 yards per game on the ground. They've just allowed eight rushing touchdowns all season long. So I I, I would say that if South Carolina is going to have success, um, it's going to come through the air, I, I would imagine. And uh, I would like to see South Carolina continue to stay on the attack, obviously. We'd like to see the Gamecocks stay on the attack. And, um, you know, I, I view Clemson similarly to how they were last year. I mean, they're going to run the football. That's what they want to do. I would imagine it's going to be a run-heavy game. I don't think DJ is a quarterback that's going to just line up and beat you. So, if you can slow down the run, get them in third and longs, you know, I, he's had his moments for sure. I'm not saying he's not capable, but I think that's what you got to sell out on. That's where you got to take your chances and, you know, give your secondary an opportunity to eat. You got to commit to stopping the run first, though. You got to commit to stopping Shipley, slowing down Shipley. Uh, you know, you, you got to commit to it. Travis Lee says, as bad as I hate to say this, 31 to 7. Clem sucks. Let down game on the road, and it's Clem sucks. We will shit the bed. Damn, Travis Lee, you said you're going to go into this thing with zero expectations. I, I hear you, big dog. My goodness. Okay. But I and, and I will I will say this though to the the letdown game note. You know, while I was doing some digging. While I was doing some digging on this game, I, I thought it was really interesting. You know, you talk to enough South Carolina fans, and it's like, why, why is there this narrative that every time the Gamecocks play a great game, they follow it up with a with a poor performance? What's crazy, guys, is the numbers actually reflect it. It's not just the narrative. There's actually data and stats to back this up. Following an against-the-spread win, right, which is obviously what South Carolina did against Tennessee. Following an against-the-spread win, the Gamecocks in their last 11 games are 1-9-1 and one against the spread. So, translation, typically, the week following a week in which South Carolina overachieves, they tend to underachieve. So it's it's not just something you've come up with in your head. It's like the stats show, for whatever reason, this is actually happening. So we'll see if that changes uh, this weekend. Chick Nugget says, prediction 33 to 30 South Carolina. Slap Dick McIntosh. <laughs> I love it, bro. Slap Dick McIntosh. Slap Dick McIntosh says in the TBC Questions channel, 35 to 17 Gamecocks. We finally found some offense. I mean, and, and here's the thing, and I, I don't tell you that stat to tell you, well, this is definitely what's going to happen. I mean, um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting when you look at games, look at the trends, right? I mean, Carolina 7-0 during the night, 0-4 during day. I mean, Clemson's won 40 in a row at home. They won seven in a row in the rivalry. Um, so, but, you know, I, I, I view, and I see Jonathan Hall commenting, score's only good. It's only going to be close if it's sloppy on the score. Well, thank God. You know, Carolina's not playing a Tennessee offense. They're playing Clemson's offense, which I think is very manageable. I think this I, – I have no – I genuinely don't have any concerns about the Gamecocks' defense. I, I – you know, I think the commitment will – will be to stopping the run. But I don't have a ton of concerns defensively. Here we go. Michael, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up? I just had a quick question. Um, would, would y'all consider – 
would you still consider Clemson your little brother if Spurrier hadn't won five years in a row? Because I saw your little brother comment. <laughs> kind of crazy how, you know, a 30-game lead makes it seem like we're uh, your little brother. I was just kind of confused. I wanted you to yeah. clarify a little bit more. Yeah, I know. It, it is crazy, right? Clemson has pretty much dominated the rivalry yet. You wouldn't know it based off the banter and the conversation on social media, my friend. It, it is wild. It is wild. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not going to – the numbers are what the numbers are. Clemson has the upper hand in the in the, uh, in the overall record. But, yeah, I mean, I said what I said. It's it's still funny on a yearly basis. It's his tradition to to get under the Tiger's skin and, and vice versa. They, they've got people that do the same thing to our fan base. So, that's that's just the beauty of it, though. Gotta love, gotta love it. Clemson siphon out, right? <laughs> Quote Todd Ellis, <laughs> not I. Quote Todd Ellis, not I. All right, have a good one, man. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, man. Great stuff. I think we've got the the, the Clemson sucks folk calling in on the uh, on the airways. And yeah, that that is a very good point. Never forget, Clemson sucks. Clemson sucks was founded out of hate, founded out of spite, founded out of disdain. That's that's literally the foundation of the university, right? So, you know. <clears throat> Let's see. Marcus Satterfield saying he's very optimistic that one of Lloyd or Christian Beale Smith will play Saturday. He will not say who it is. So, we shall see. We shall see who it is. Satterfield. It's It's funny. Again, guys. And that's what I told you. It's funny when you win how little people pay attention to these these, these coordinator press conferences. They're just press conferences in general. Like, it's it's not nearly as big a deal. It's not nearly as big a deal, right? <clears throat> Let's see. Anyway, okay. Yeah, line of scrimmage absolutely is key. I, I will agree with you on that, Jay Hall. It, it is. It is, for sure. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I know it's, again, not the sexiest thing to talk about, but that that's really what it comes down to, line of scrimmage. Line of scrimmage is key in this football game. I mean, you saw Clemson last year. That that's They took over. They took over on the line of scrimmage. They took over up front. Uh, obviously, Jason Brown had no answer for it. And I, I think last year's moment, that was the moment where you knew Carolina had to go get a legit court. Jackson Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I just got done with my uh, first walk of the day. So once the once the show is over, I'm going to do my second one. Beautiful. So love if that. I sound a little out of breath, that's why. So I love that, Robbie. Love that. Love to hear that. Getting those steps in. So, uh, oh, yeah, getting my 10,000 steps in. You know, and I haven't walked in the last two days. So I was like, I'm going to walk before the show comes on. So I literally a few minutes ago walked in the door. But um, I'm and that's why I'm a little out of breath. But um, uh, I I I am somewhat optimistic about Saturday because of what happened. Because of I don't know if it was just off of pure luck that we scored 63 points against Tennessee, or Tennessee secondary was just that bad I don't know and I don't care we beat Tennessee either way I don't give a damn I don't care but 
like I said the other day, right? This is one of the with rivalry games, records and history goes out the damn window. Okay, records and history go out the damn window. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn that Clemson's nine and one. I don't give a shit because their conference is shitty. I don't care. All right, I may have pissed off some Clemson fans right there, but I don't give a shit. It's Clemson week. I don't care. I I truly believe that if we show from the time that ball is kicked that it's going that it's going to be an, it's going to be a it's going to be a in your face like Ivan Drago versus Rocky and Rocky Ford just throwing haymakers all day long. I think we can somehow at least I want us to, trust me I want us to win but I think we can keep it close. But I do not – I don't see a reason just with how up and down this season has been to where we win this ball game. In order for us to have a chance to win this ball game, we have got to force Clemson to, to, to turn the ball over and capitalize off of it. That's right. You're, you're locking in your prediction today, correct, Robbie? Yes. I I I think it'll be it'll be a lot closer than a lot of people think, but I I I I feel like we obviously, like I said during the season, in every single game this season, I think we had we had the better quarterback. It's just for some reason it took us eleven games to gel. Okay, I think if if the team as a whole plays the way they played last Saturday, it'll. It, I think we'll, we'll we'll make it close, and it won't be an ass whooping like last year. But I think the, the score will be 35-27 Clemson. Robbie, I, I respect your ability to think critically. And, and make a prediction like that. I, I really genuinely respect that. I, I do. I do. I know I know the amount of the amount of guts and gall that takes on your end. And the stain so, that I have for that team. I respect it. I, I respect of, the, the absolute heck of it. The amount of stain that. that I have. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, those, those words tasted like vinegar through a two-inch PVC pipe coming out of my mouth, okay? I, I, did not, I did not want to say that, but I was like, you know what? We've had such an up and down season, like I said, and it would be very, very normal for us to shit the bed come Saturday. I mean, again, and I just talked about. It, I'm sure you heard, like the numbers back it up. It's it's we right. we, we right. typically, at least lately, follow up. A, a really good performance with a not so great performance. So, um, no, listen, I, I I think you make a lot of great points. I I know that this fan base, if we're honest with ourselves, is a bit conflicted right now because, I mean, Florida and Tennessee could not have been more polar opposites. Just just complete. So it's like, what team shows up? You know what I mean? It, it's like what going version... into both of those games, by the way. 
going into both of those games, the Florida game and the Tennessee game, I, I was like, okay, we're going to beat Florida and probably get our shit yep. kicked in against Tennessee. But it was the complete opposite. We got the crap kicked out of us by Florida and beat Tennessee. It was the complete opposite of what my thought process was going into those two games. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And like the like the trainer in Rocky Four, right? Whenever he whenever Rocky punches him and he and he bleeds, mm-hmm. he goes into the corner after the round is over and says, "See, he's a man. He's not a machine. He bleeds, so you can beat him." And Clemson is beatable. Oh, you indeed. I see Clemson like like Ivan mm-hmm. like 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 Ivan Drago. You punch him enough and make him bleed, he's gonna panic. They're gonna make a mistake. And we're gonna, and we can make it closer than a lot of people think. Because I do not want to see another thirty to nothing beatdown mm-hmm. again. I don't. I'm pretty sure everybody else doesn't want to see that either. Okay, unless of course you wear that god awful orange and purple with a paw on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if the team as a whole plays like they played last week, we will give Clemson a lot of hell to deal with come Saturday afternoon. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be unbearable. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and like, like, I, like be yeah. I mean, like I said, Robbie, I, I can really genuinely, I, I really can genuinely respect your, your perspective on this game and, and you know, your, uh, your viewpoint on it, I can. I a hundred percent can because you know the the. I know I I picked a victory over the summer, um, and the mm-hmm. reason the reason I picked a win over the summer. Is because I thought what we saw against Tennessee, I not maybe to that level, but I thought that was going to be the norm. You know, I I thought that you were going to see a dynamic right, offense here. all year, and so if you had seen that dynamic offense all year, even if you were you were seven and four. Right. If you had seen that dynamic yeah. offense all year, I'd be confident in saying, "Well, Carolina's going to have that dynamic offense. They're going to go out there and score, and you know, I think they're going to get they're they're going to be able to get right. the W." And I, again, I'm not spoiling any predictions because I, I I genuinely right now I don't know what I'm going with. I, I I'm still processing through and breaking down this game, but uh, you know the the storyline when we talked about our our opponent previews way back in the summer. I mean, Robbie, the storyline was yeah. What does Carolina have to do not not to not to snap the streak? What does Carolina mm-hmm. have to do to bring competitiveness back to the rival? Back to the I mean truly, yeah. truly. Like if we're being yeah. if we're being honest, right? What does mm-hmm. Carolina have to do to bring competitiveness back? So, you know, I I uh there's there's obviously no moral victories in this ball game. Um and, you know, I'm happy we're obviously entertaining the thought that Carolina could very well go out there. And I, I think they very well could go out there and get the win. I, I don't – you know, I, I'll say the same thing I said over the summer. I stand by this. And, hey, I'll eat crow if Clemson wins 45-7 to 7 or whatever. But I, I, I just – I view Clemson as mortal. I, I don't think Clemson is, is some, some – some like you said, they're, they're man, not machine. Like, they bleed just like we bleed. I, I don't view Clemson as some – unbeatable i thought tennessee was a much more difficult game to win than clemson i, I really did i mean i really really did and i still probably do believe that so um right. yeah, I, yeah. I, I you know i mean it's 
I, for whatever reason, there's this, there's been this trend that Clemson plays like the, like the 2001 Miami Hurricanes when we play them. For whatever reason, they just they play their best game when we play against them. It's it's time to see if maybe that trend stops and we're we're due for Clemson to just play like shit against us. I'm not saying you know right. them give us the game, but it's uh we're we're more than due for you know for for that. So. Yeah. And like I said yesterday, like I said yesterday, right? In order for uh, in order to in order for us to have a chance at making this a game or possibly winning it, right? Mm. You have got to you've got to shut down Shipley and force DJ to beat you. Mm. Yeah, I mean I, I, that's your best shot. That's your make best it bet. Be where let's see who has the better quarterback right. and let's see where it goes from there. Yeah, I, I I don't see a scenario in which you know Clemson's obviously running up and down the field and. I I you're, I don't see you having a lot of success, a lot of success doing that. So, yeah, I would no, I'd agree with you. Shut down Shipley is, I think, priority number one for this team, and this defense. Because that's one of the things that we did against Clemson, and then what was it, 2011, when they played us at home? I think no, we played yeah, we played them at home. Yeah, in 11. Yeah. We forced, we forced. Todd Boyd to beat us. We didn't let them run the football hardly ever. Okay, we forced Todd Boyd to make decisions, and Clowney and the front four made his life a living hell. Yeah. And I see that. I, I I see I see I could I could see the same thing happening somewhat Saturday. Indeed. So you're locked and in. I know this is a, Go ahead. 35-27, and, and this is a complete side note because I know we got, like, what? A cu- like, less than, like, only a couple of, only, like, three, no, about two months till then. I looked at the baseball schedule just for the hell of it. And we play Tennessee in a three-game series at home on the 18th of, on the 18th of May. And yeah, I think it's the last home series of the year, actually. So I think I'm going to start making it a tradition. If they have a if I have if they have a home baseball game the weekend of my birthday, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to go. So uh, hopefully I can uh, swing that and make it happen. I love that. I love that. You should, Robbie. Thirty-five and, um, twenty-seven. You're locked yeah. in. I appreciate the call. We got somebody ringing in. I, uh, it's always a pleasure. No problem. My guy. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, my man. I appreciate you. Much love. Here, let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Will. Here we go. Will, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What's going on? Well, see, I was just scrolling through Instagram, found this old picture of you. Wearing a North Augusta baseball hat shirt and a Clemson hat, mm-hmm. but you claim to be the biggest South Carolina fan. So what's up with that? Yeah, that is me, man. Yeah, I uh, and I was a Gamecock fan in that picture. Believe it or not, I've I've told this story probably a thousand times, but I best I guess this will make it a thousand and one. Yeah, I was uh, sixteen, went to a Clemson baseball camp, and I just rocked the hat, man. I mean, I just that's it. So 
I got no regrets for that that picture. But yeah, I was a Gamecock fan in that picture, believe it or not. But I liked the Clemson baseball hat, so that's pretty much it. Uh -oh. All right, well, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I, I, hey, I, I didn't endure 63 to 17 in 2003 to, uh, to hear the nonsense that I jumped on when Spurrier started beating Clemson. I, I can assure you, I endured the, the, uh, <clears throat> the shit of the rivalry. My first count of Clemson game that I was a diehard fan, I was 12 that year, was 63 to 17. I made a bet with my middle school teacher that Carolina would win, and for losing, I had to wear a like a paper chain orange and purple paper chain with a picture of the scoreboard printed out and at the bottom of the chain so I can assure you I, I was a South Carolina fan through and through but you know I was a baseball player before I was a college football fan so you know I, I told people in high school yeah, I was like yeah. hey I'm a Gamecock fan but if Clemson offered me a scholarship to go play baseball I, I would go a thousand percent so yeah I rocked the hat right, it got, wasn't I got, a, I got one more yeah go ahead yeah go ahead I got one more question. Mm -hmm. When is seven and five, six and six, eight and four gonna get? Like, when is that gonna be? When is Shane Beamer? When is it gonna be acceptable or unacceptable for Shane Beamer to go six and six, seven and five, eight and four? How many more years is that acceptable for Shane Beamer? Yeah, I mean, I, I. I... At what point do the expectations rise above that? Because, you know, I, I would argue that if Shane Beamer averaged eight and four over the course of a decade, I, I feel like, you know, that, that would be a high note for Carolina football. I mean, how many decades have they averaged? If you go back and look at all the decades of South Carolina football, how many decades have they averaged eight-plus wins per year in a decade? I would say around year Four, year five, you would start to really push the expectations further. But I think it's more importantly the offense. I, I think his number one priority is solving the offense. If you're going eight and four and you're scoring a lot of points, I, I think people can live with it. But there's just no way, in my opinion, that they can continue to play offense the way they have. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Beamer's going to get time. I think the fan base is going to be patient with him. Uh, it, it's hard to put a year on it. Because, again, I mean, people already in year two were, were chirping about. We're seeing coaches get fired in year three. So, I, I you know, I, I would say year year four, year five, though, you, you would start, you know, raising the expectations. But, I mean, it took Spurrier six years to get it rolling. So, uh, yeah, something like that. But One, one more question. Go if ahead. The miracle in Willie did happen last week. Do you think Satterfield would still be the offensive coordinator coming into this week? I think he'd still be the OC. Yes. Or do you think yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he would have gotten fired the week of the Clemson game. My guy, I appreciate the question. We're going to jump to another call here. Let's call go. from Josh. Here we go. Josh, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? What's up? Uh, you probably see me in the comments as uh, WD40. I pop in every now and again. I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hard to miss WD40 in the comments. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got to keep the brand going. Yeah, love uh, it, love it. But I've been watching a lot of Clemson football this year, mm -hmm. and um, they look pretty, what you would say, dominant on the outside looking in. But also they do play in the softest conference besides the MAC. So um, I, I have a lot of Clemson friends. Most of my friends are Clemson fans, and uh, they seem to give me a lot more heck than I like to uh, bear. Mm -hmm. But uh, – Around this Carolina brethren and this group in the crew, 
Roosevelt show. I'd like to say without being cussed out and told that I am totally wrong, but I don't think that Clemson has much merit to even be ranked number eight in the country after losing to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I don't think DJ has the poise, even at home at noon in his own crowd, to carry that weight and beat us if we show up like we did against Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if Marcus Satterfield called them plays with. I think Freddie Kitchens is in the booth. That's mm-hmm. just my opinion. But, uh, I'm thinking, though, uh, 35 to 31 South Carolina, though. Mm-hmm. Death Valley. 35 to 21, is that what you said? 35 to 31, my friend. Oh, 35, 31. Okay, okay. High scoring game. High scoring game. Um, Carolina winning. I, I'd take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to call that gonna call that best case scenario. And mm-hmm. then worst case, if we end up pulling a Florida burger, who got the dead 42 to Kai Kroger 6? <laughs> Kai Kroger 6. <laughs> Shit, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Which, just which, which version of Carolina will show up? Yeah, that's, that's the – yeah, that's the scary Indeed. part. So. I appreciate you, dog. I appreciate the show. I always want to just call in. And yeah, no, dude, I, I pre- it's it's great to hear from the legend that is WD40, truly. <laughs> yes, sir. You'll see me in the comments, sir. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Yes, sir. You yeah. too, Chris. Take care. Great stuff. 843-790-3377. WD40. Give him a call. Uh, no, listen, I'm, I, I don't know who that was that called in asking me the question about the, the the Clemson hat picture. But, I mean, dude, I'm more than – I mean, here's the thing. I'm more than happy to talk about it because it's not like I'm, like, insecure about it or hiding from it. Like, I like I was a Gamecock fan in that photo. But, it, you know, I love social media because so many people are like, oh, did you see this? You need to refute this. You need to say something about this. I love watching people on social media take something and create their own narrative and run with it. Chase Orban, what's up, man? What's going on, Chris? Just hanging out, man. What's up? Um, dude, I have to say, man, I don't know what it is with us beating long streaks or good teams or what we perceive to be good teams when we beat them. But, man, does it feel like every time we beat a good team, there's always some controversy after it and that it was just a fluke? If you've read anything about the uh, – that player from Tennessee that fought with the QBs and all that, he got his jaw broken or whatever, and all the players were fighting over NIL. Yeah, I, I, dude, honestly, I, I'm, I not, have... I'm not saying I'm not saying I believe it's a fluke, but it's just more so I don't know what the like. Kentucky was, you know, Will Levis is hurt. Texas A&M, it was just the fact mm-hmm. that you know they're just literally a dog shit team this mm-hmm. year, and. uh Tennessee, it was the fact that, you know, that players were not, you know, ready mentally and that they had controversy happening. Yeah. But, I mean, in your opinion, you know, when I watched the game, I mean, I can understand the defense being a little bit off, but I still feel like the Gamecocks played flawlessly on offense. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Chase. When you lose, everybody has an excuse. Everybody's got an excuse, man. I mean, dude, Tennessee fans, I was talking to them last night. You know, 
Bama fans were saying some of the same things they're saying to us after they beat them about the field. They're sand on the field. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, I, you know, it's – I just feel like fan bases, man, fans pull every excuse card they can when their team loses. They can't just – they can't just take the loss like a – you know, take the loss for what it is and just accept, hey, we got beat. We got beat. That's it. There, there's no excuses. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I'll be honest with you, man, the whole conspiracy theories, I, I – I don't pay any attention to it. I just – I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I, I don't – Oh, pay, well, I wasn't yeah. calling to get you to confirm or deny. No, I know. I'm just saying. About yeah. it. It's like, like you know, our – you know, it sucks about that coming out is that our players are going to read that or the Gamecock players are going to read that. And they're going to – they're some of their – I'm not saying they will because it's a champion with the hell of a coach, but, you know, you, got, you worry that, you know, they would doubt themselves and think, well, did we only win because of that bullshit? Excuse my language. Mm. Yeah. Did, did, the only reason why we caught them off guard was because they had something going on. And then, you know, that's the worst thing to happen when we're about to play our rival away. You know, that, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a lot of, you know, I'm not trying to worry or uh, cause anxiety, but, just, you know, I'm tired of hearing that shit. I'm tired of hearing, you know, these news outlets and all that trying to play down on us when we, when we rightfully win and we, we beat the hell out of that team. Well, my friend, I would tell you this. It's easier to change who you're listening to than to change what they are saying. I would put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I got you, man. People are going to hate, bro. People are going to throw shade no matter what. So, to hell with them, whatever. We kick Tennessee's ass. If you can't accept that, it's not really my problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask this, but do you have any predictions for the game? For the Clemson game? Yeah. I, I'm 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 not going to drop my official prediction until Friday. I I because I I'm not ready to post a prediction. I'm really not, man. I I you know I'm going back and forth on it because again we just don't know which kind of team is going to show up. Um, you know we don't know if if that offensive attack, that offensive philosophy, that 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 offense is going to come into this game. So I I I will say this. I will tell you this. If I have one prediction, I can give you right now. I do think this is a much closer contest than we've seen the past couple of years. You know, Clemson's just – let's call it for what it is. They've dominated the game, right? It's every year, it seems. I think it's a much closer back and forth. We're getting to the fourth quarter, and this is a ball game type of game. I, I don't think it's a blowout. I mean, again, yeah. I posted the stat, you know, since since 2008 uh, – or excuse me, yeah, since 2008 – only one game has been decided by single digits. I think this is probably – I think it's most likely a single-digit game, but I, I don't think it's a blowout like we've seen in, in recent years. So, I, I'll go out and say that. But as far as locking in a score prediction, I'm, I'm not quite not quite ready to do so. Yeah, that's fair. Man, I just tell you, you know, it feels like the only thing – you know, the real problem is – you know, Will Shipley's coming at us, man. Mm-hmm. That's going to be hell, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, Carolina's got to be able to slow down the run game. That's, that's you know, that's that's the biggest thing. They got to be able to slow down the run game. They know that. Clayton White knows that. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I will I will, I will hey, man, go to battle with our secondary. Maybe maybe the game cost to put some sand on the field and uh, Shipley clips his heel or something. <laughs> Who knows, man? Hey. Whether it be by conspiracy theory or voodoo or whatever, I don't give a damn. As long as we beat Clemson sucks, I, I, I don't care how it happens. 
All right, buddy. Well, I just want to call in and uh, talk about that BS, man, because I'm tired of hearing it. Yeah. So. Hey, either way, man, they can't take, right, they can't take the victory away from us, my guy. I appreciate you calling in, Chase. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Chase is the man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I, I haven't I haven't worried about any of the the nonsense. Tick, now what? Now one. what could this call mail. be? Press two. You know, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a new rule. If if you're not willing to put some sort of name or something like you're you're not you're not getting it on the show. Here we go. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Nick, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, man. How about yourself, Chris? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Nothing much. I, I've, I've been listening to your show, and people's been giving their predictions. And I got a few minutes. I figured I'd call and give you mine. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we've seen this season this this football team. They they went down to Lexington, beat Kentucky, and God knows how long down there. They snapped the streak with A and M. I feel like we'll get Marshawn Lloyd back this week. Um, and I don't think that offense that you seen last week was a fluke. I think it's finally starting to click. I mean, week after week, it looked like they were getting a little bit closer. I know they fell back against Florida, Missouri a little bit. But in the big games, they've always rose to the occasion this year. So uh, my prediction this for this week, um, I think Spencer Rattler throws for four touchdowns. I think Marshawn Lloyd Buff for 150 gets two touchdowns. I think – well, I think we blow them out. I, I just don't think – I think DJ will get benched in the second quarter and – um, they're the freshman quarterback. I don't even know his name. Um, he'll he'll get put in in third quarter, and I think we'll just run away with it. I don't think they've seen um, a defense like our cornerbacks, and I think we'll stop the run. I mean, just like I said, Chris Rodriguez, I mean, he's running over everybody. And he, I think it was his second game back this year when we played him, and we pretty much put him in his place. He got a few, a little bit of yardage, but nothing like he does every week versus everybody else. So I think, I think we blow him out something like 48 to 24. That's my prediction for the week. I love that. Hey, I love it. Yeah, it's uh, the quarterback advantage has got to make you feel good for sure. 38 to 24, man. I uh, From your lips to God's ears, let's make it happen, man. I love that prediction. I'd, I'd love for you to be yeah. right, my friend. I just, I just... I just, I just think I just think this is what we thought we were going to see all year mm-hmm. from this offense. Um, I think Juice, I think Juice might be probably one of the best in the SEC as a, at a wide receiver position, I think Lloyd was tied for the most touchdowns as a running back before he got hurt. So, I mean, we've got the pieces. I think it's finally just starting to click. And um, people's been able to pass on Clemson, mm-hmm. I mean, all year. I mean, the run's going to be a problem. I mean, they got top 10 recruits across the defensive line. So, I mean, of yeah. course, they're going to be able to stop the run. If they can't stop the run with those recruits, they need to fire every damn coach they got. But um, I, th- I think Rattler's just going to pick them apart. I think we got kind of got to have the same – um, offensive plan as we had last week. I think Beamer said in his press conference they kind of had less schemes to kind of make it a little bit simpler. I think that's what you got to go back and do this week, you know, just that way you can rep it more in practice. Um, but I think you finally see them, see them bust loose. I think, like I said, we broke so many records of beating people that we hadn't beaten in a while, and I think we beat Clemson for the first time in seven years, snapped a 40-game home win streak, and just put them in their place this year. Drop the freaking That's mic, my prediction. Dude. Nick, you're the man. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so I think I, – yeah, have a good day. Enjoy your show, man. Spurs up, man. Hey, Spurs up. Appreciate you. What a call. What a prediction. What a call. Love that. Uh, guys, hey, let's go ahead and jump into our first break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-337. 7, that's 843 
seven here on this Wednesday, November the 23rd, 2022. Yes, Thanksgiving Eve, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hope you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Unless, of course, you're a Clemson fan, then you can go choke on a turkey leg. So, anyways, <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you all. Coach Ford says, the pick is in. Culture, 24. Agriculture, 20. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I, I, lo- I love that. Uh, I love that pick. I love that pick. Anyways, guys, we will have... We will have J.C. Sherbert on the show at uh, 1.15. Really excited to chat with J.C. and uh, get his thoughts on the win that was against Tennessee and obviously the game this weekend, of course. Uh, I think I had somebody ask me earlier, favorite memory from the Carolina-Clemson rivalry. I, I mean, I you know, going all the way back, man, wa- watching the 06 game with my grandfather, that was the first ever win I ever saw over Clemson. Watching that with my grandfather was was – Something I'll never forget. Um, the 2013 game, it's hard to beat because I was actually in the stadium. You know, the the, the, the Carolina Clemson games I've been to that I've attended in person are as follows. <clears throat> 2008, which was miserable. Miserable. Um, it was miserable. 2008, I was there. 2013, 2015. 2016, I was outside the stadium. I went to Clemson, but I wasn't in the stadium. Um, 2000, let's see. 2020. No, excuse me. 2019, I tried to go in, but Ticketmaster messed up, so I couldn't go in the game. Watched it at home. Um, and yeah, that's it. So, anyways, I, I've been to a couple. That that 2013. That 2013 game has got to be my favorite memory. It's It's got to be my favorite. That was my first season ever having season tickets and being there in person. My, my favorite sticker on my sticker board in my living room, that uh, it, it's losers with the O is the Clemson Paul. My favorite sticker I've ever gotten. Uh, that game was just a classic in itself. So I, I would say 13 was probably my favorite memory from the Crown of Clemson rivalry for me personally. There, I mean, there's been other great ones, but that, that 13 game was was epic. Um, anyways, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Phone lines are open. Phone lines are open. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, John Edward, would you say one of the keys on Saturday is forced DJ to beat us? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think, I'll say this, John Edward. I think if South Carolina is able to slow down the Clemson running game, if this is a game that comes down to Spencer Rattler versus DJ Uyunglele, South Carolina has the upper hand. I, I said it all summer. The Gamecocks, for the first time since 2013, they've got the better quarterback. It, it's not even debatable. South Carolina has the better gunslinger. So if it comes down to a battle of the gunslingers, I'm riding with South Carolina all the way. The big question is, will they be able to slow down Shipley enough to force Clemson into some third and longs, force Clemson into some obvious passing situations? If if that happens, I like South Carolina's chances, and I like the matchup between Spencer Rattler and DJU. So, I, you know, that, that, that'll that be the key. That'll be the key, no doubt. I mean, you look at Clemson last year, DJ didn't even throw for 100 yards. He didn't even throw for 100 yards. So, I, I, I like your odds. I like your chances if you're able to do that. I, I really do. I really do. So, 
I see we've got Kevin Slapdick Applewhite in the chat. Appreciate you, Kevin Slapdick. Appreciate that. But, yes, as a Clemson fan, he says, what a hell of a win over Tennessee. Indeed. Yeah, it was a hell of a win. Hell of a win. Uh, <laughs> memorable night, for sure. Memorable night. Memorable night. Um, so, yeah, it's it's – anyways, it's, it's interesting, right? We're, we're in such a – it's like what team's going to show up, right? What team is going to show up? We just don't know. We just don't know what team's going to show up, so – Uh, I saw Travi asking, yes, Travi, we uh, we will have a show Friday. So, a uh, podcast dropped this morning. No TDC tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving. Go enjoy yourself. Go, uh, you know, have time with your old, with, with your with your family, if you will, family, friends, what have you. Go watch some ball. Go eat some turkey. Go eat some stuffing. Go eat some ham, whatever. Enjoy yourself. Hang out. We'll be back at it on Friday right here, rocking and rolling. Maybe Friday we should do a bonus hour. What do you think? I I don't know. I, I hadn't planned that, but why not? Maybe we should do a bonus hour. 12 to 3 instead. We could. Could rock 12 to 3. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let y'all know. I, it, it'll depend on some things, but may, maybe so. Maybe maybe I'll surprise y'all with a bonus hour. Boogie Waves Gamecock says you owe us. <laughs> Love that. Maybe, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do that. No TDC tomorrow, so it's like we got to we got to get it back, right? Somewhere, somehow, some way, we got to get it back. I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know, but uh, might happen. Might happen. Let's see. Luke RJ says, "Do you have a response for the Clemson Tom video?" Luke, I I, I already actually put my response on Twitter, but it's just <sighs> dude. I, I I wasted six and a half minutes of my life watching that video, Luke RJ. I'm not wasting a minute. I'm not wasting another minute or two. Hating a video. Here we go. To accept. Kevin Applewhite calling in on the airwaves. Kevin, I respect it. What's going on? What's going on, man? How y'all doing? <laughs> doing well. Just so hanging out. Re- hanging out. So y'all, so y'all ready for that Clemson ass whooping? <laughs> <laughs> We are ready for whatever shall take place, my friend. Whether we're ready or not, here we go. Well, you know what I like. I like as a Clemson fan, man. I know I talk a lot of shit on your page, but I'm I, I'm respecting what Shane Beamer's doing for y'all's program. I, I really give that man that, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, we're you we're, know, yeah, win, winning cures all, hell, right? Hell, so winning cures all. Yep, hell of a game against Tennessee. That shocked me. It shocked me as well. Yeah, but, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that you know Clemson can hold y'all's offense and y'all's receivers. I think think we got a chance. But it's this what makes a rivalry. I want y'all to be good. So, I mean, you know, I'm I'm your number one fan on your page, but I'm not a South Carolina fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there you know without a doubt, and I, I know I've heard it from both sides, but there there needs to be competitiveness return to the rivalry. It's it's not much of a rivalry when one team is beating the hell out of the other one. I mean, I, I look at like, I think like Georgia, Georgia tech to me is probably the worst rivalry in the country. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, it's healthy for a rivalry when it goes back and forth and you know, it's up to Carolina to get their, get their act together to, to make that happen. Right. Right. Well, you know, I think the biggest rivalry is South Carolina and Clemson, because I mean, that's the biggest rivalry in college football. 
And you can look at all the numbers, the statistics, everything in the book. But when it comes down, it's whoever shows up who's to play, whoever wants it more. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's the beauty of a robbery, that's, man. That's, you you throw record books and you throw, uh, you know, you, you you throw Vegas lines. You you throw everything out the window, man. It's 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 stands on its own merit, if you will. So. You, you know. Well, look, I want to make the odds interesting, man. Since I've been on your page for two years. All right. If South Carolina, if South Carolina beats Clemson, I'm on you live. If South Carolina beats Clemson, I'll wear a Gamecock jersey for one day. If Clemson beats South Carolina, you have to go on live with a Clemson T-shirt. <laughs> you know, I got to be honest. That is not a bet I'm willing to make. I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on now. You got to have confidence in your team. I, I'll let you know Friday whether I'll be whether I'll be going with that uh, with that with that that bet or not. I'll have an answer for you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, I'll have a happy Thanksgiving and just inbox me. Yeah. Hey, happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to you and yours, my friend. I appreciate you calling in. All. All right, Slap Dick. Y'all take care. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, Slap Dick. Love that. Hey, that, that. Yeah, listen, beauty's in the banter, man. Beauty's in the banter. I, I actually respect the hell out of Kevin Applewhite calling in. I know he's giving people hell in the comments. He'll continue to give people hell in the comments, but uh, I respect I respect But, uh, nah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself going through with that bet. I don't see it. I don't see it. So, let's see. Travis Allen says, free merch, whoever pick predicts the exact score. I, I'm game with it. I mean, so let's see, guys. We will be running, by the way, a Black Friday special, Black Friday sale. Uh, I'll drop the details on that later today. Probably just going to be like a 20% off. Maybe 25. I don't know. Probably 20, though. Probably a 20% off sale up until uh, end of day Friday. Courtney Washington said, you're scared to bet. Well, Courtney, it's not that I'm scared to bet. You pick and choose who you make your bets with and what you make your bets on, okay? So, you don't just throw out random bets, right? It's, it's, you, you, you're very strategic with your bets. So, just give me some time. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not someone that makes rash decisions, right, in, in the moment. So, give me some time. Let me process, and, and we'll go from there. So, Austin Gregory. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> hit the nail on the head, my guy. Uh, anyways, guys, phone lines open. Like I said, J.C. Sherbert is going to join us. J.C. Sherbert is going to join us at one fifteen. Yeah, people were asking about the Drop Your Nuts. The the Drop Your Nuts shirts. I, there have been other folks that have dropped the guys in. Like I said, I mean, honestly, I've been so busy with the Beamer Ball stuff, with the, with the, um, the towels, the, I mean, everything, the merch as a whole. I mean, I barely had time to come up for air. I, I will at some point. I mean, I, I can tell you guys this: when and if we beat Clemson, we are planning some victory gear for the uh, for that. So, um, just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. But yeah, I, I think I'm all. You know, there's already there's already drop your nuts tees out there and. And that's also something, too. Somebody made a really good point on social media. And, you know, if I did that, 
if I did that, I would not want to – I would not want to do it without doing, like, an NIL deal with Cam Smith because he's literally the one that said it. Um, so, you know, yeah. Let's see. Dylan Potter, did y'all see Beamer with the Fonz and Joy hoodie? Yeah, they, they've had that. They've had that since uh, – they've had that since the, the, the bowl game, so – Bain says, if Clemson don't win by 21, I'll buy your lunch for a week wherever you'd like, Chris. I hear you. I hear you. Like I said, I, I'll have a score prediction for Friday, guys. You, you know I will. I, I will lock it in. Hell, I, I, I keep it real. I keep it a buck. I picked the loss last year, and you know I picked the win over the summer, and I didn't just do that to get some clicks or get some views. Like, I genuinely thought – I genuinely thought here, – here's the thing. I, I thought that South Carolina would look – the way they looked against Tennessee – Maybe not scoring 63 a game. But I thought that Carolina would look that way offensively. Dynamic, explosive, exciting. Um, <clears throat> that's what I thought we would see. And so, again, it's it's just, I guess what's tough is, like, when you make a prediction for this game, you have to decide, okay, which South Carolina team am I predicting I will see on Saturday? Right? Is it going to be the one that just exploded against Tennessee? Or is it going to be the one we've seen basically all season? I guess that's what's scary. Is it like, are you going to go off of one game sample size or 10 prior game sample size? You know, so, like I said, I'll, I'll let you all know. I'll let you all know. But, uh... Friday 843, I think my dad got some merch from you. I believe there's a mix-up with the address. Yeah, just tell him to hit me. Shoot me an email, thespursupshow at gmail.com. Thespursupshow at gmail.com. We got a text here. Let's see. Let's jump to the text. It says, something that worries me about Sats Presser today after the game, the Tennessee game, I can tell you a thousand things we could have done different. No, sir. Apparently, Sats said that. He said, we should put our DBs out on an island and stop the run. I think a similar defensive game plan to this past weekend would be the way to go. 27 to 24 Gamecocks, 31 is the magic number. Yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly you score 30, you will win. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You score 30, you're going to win. So, mm-hmm. For sure. Guys, again, phone lines are open. If you do want to call in, we're in hour number two. Uh, we are in hour number two here on this Wednesday, hump day, November the 23rd, 2022. Appreciate y'all the love and support. Again, it's been crazy with merch, man. I've, I've, I've packaged more towels than probably is healthy. <laughs> like, I mean, it's wild, man. So, and I, and I, I'm, I say that it's a blessing. It's a blessing, truly. Thank y'all so much, man. It's uh, everybody, I, I really hope to see the Beamer Ball towels being rocked in the upstate, being rocked at the game. Uh, I hope Clemson fans, Clemson sucks fans, get sick of hearing Beamer Ball. I hope they get sick of hearing it. So, let's see. My guy, uh, Coleman Hall's tune. He said, I think the noise finally got to sap. Seems like he suddenly got the memo of simplify and throw it on the field. Not Here we go. We'll jump to the phone lines. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, bro. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? 
Um, just want to call, man. I hadn't talked to you this week mm-hmm. ever since the uh, the crazy win that we had. Uh, just wanted to formally apologize to the Gamecocks for doubting them because I openly doubted them and laughed at everything that said that we had a chance, and I was wrong. Uh, hopefully, I'm wrong again this week because unfortunately, the Gamecock inside of me just tends to believe that every time we have ever had a historic performance in our history, it's followed by one that's not so historic. So hopefully this week that doesn't happen. I just love to see a competitive game, if nothing else. And uh, if we can just see if half that team gets off the bus, we got a chance. Yeah. They got off the bus last week. You know what I mean? And and it, it was encouraging. But I want to say this. I am super – I mean, last week was a, was a dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was probably one of the greatest games I've ever watched as a game cop as far as, you know, fun to watch and just blowing a number five team out of the water like that. But – uh. If Satterfield shits the bed this week, to me his job is not safe, and I'm not here to, to be negative. I love, I would love nothing more for us to look like that again and win, and that would be a magical. Could you imagine beating Tennessee and Clemson the last two games of the year? Like, who would have thought that would happen? You know, that would be magic. But if we lay six points on the road, I feel like we're still in the same position because if your girlfriend cheats on you 20 times and is loyal one night, do you, do you consider her a loyal girl? Right. No. So, you know what I mean? Like, the proof's in the pudding, and if they can do that, they can somewhat replicate. It doesn't have to be the same, but if we could just look competitive and score, you know, but if we lay an egg, then, I mean, does everybody still feel the same as they did this week? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, for sure. For sure. I mean, listen, I'm I'm, I'm open to a Marcus Satterfield, you know, winning his job back or earning his job back, but I, but I agree with you. I mean, un- unfortunately – you know, if you go out there and, and you have a porous game offensively, it's it's. I mean, the way that I'll look at it is okay. We went seven and five, and the Tennessee game offensively was a one off. It was a magical night. It was, it was Spencer Rattler's talent overcame any shortcomings potentially in the scheme and the system, in Marcus Satterfield, what have you, right? So, um, no, I, I I'd agree with you, man. I mean, if you, if you go back to if you revert, if you revert back to what you were before Tennessee in the Clemson game. I mean, I still think for sure it's it's we need to move on from Sat because it'll even show more that like the talents there, like like the playmakers are there. Right. There's just some sort of disconnect. So, you know, and, and then I guess it kind of goes back to too. Do you do you really believe that Marcus Satterfield called every single play against Tennessee? Do you believe it was all him? I, you know, that's a conversation for another day. But uh, I mean, it's it's you know I honestly a, do though. You do okay. The, what the plays looked a lot like the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just executed better. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, you know, as Gamecock fans, we're all gunshot to be happy almost. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like you don't want to you don't want to overextend yourself with happiness because sadness is around the corner. But, I mean, if we could beat Clemson, dude, I mean, we already had a good season. Seven and five, that's one better than last year with a possibility of eight. I mean, I'm not going to be mad either way. But as far as Marcus's job goes, if we don't do good offensively this week, I think his head's still on the chopping block. It's yeah. got to be. You yeah, no, I mean? and, 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 uh, and I'll say this I mean, and, and make this point that, you know, Gamecock fans, I mean, let's make it very clear. We don't hate Marcus Satterfield. We just hate bad offense. I, I just hate bad offense. It's, it's not like some personal absolutely. vendetta. It's just I hate not mm. scoring points. So, like, I don't care if Sat's on staff. I really don't. But we need to be better offensively. So, I mean, it's it's – Yep. You know, 
Bottom and line. unfortunately for 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 the for the people taking over, the Gamecock fans have kind of had many years of, of lack of offense. So it's almost like we're a beat, we're a beaten, battered woman in a in a relationship with another guy that's abusive. It's like, dude, we can't. I'm not taking but one or two more hits. You know what I mean? Like you, we've you, been through stop, this before. Stop so. punching yourself. <laughs> stop punching yourself. Stop punching yourself. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, anyway, bro, I'll hang up and talk later, but hopefully I'll call in next week and it'll be it'll be call. ending yeah. that forty streak up in anti in Death Valley, bro. We we need we need that Monday T D C bro. I I just can't even imagine. We need that. I, I can't either, bro. I mean I I don't even smoke cigars and I'll be smoking one, bro. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to borrow one for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Will, you're the man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Awesome stuff from uh, from Will. Um, you know, I thought what he said was interesting, right? Like we're 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 scared as Gamecock fans to be overly happy, right? I mean, it's a great point. It's you know, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom or anything, but he he makes a great point. He makes a great point for sure. So we will see. You know, maybe, maybe and if this this team, what makes this matchup so interesting? You just shot the world, right? You, you, you just shot the world against Tennessee. You defied all odds. For the, for the second straight week, you got to do it again because there are so many trends that go in favor of Sucks winning the game, right? 40 straight wins at home. They've beaten you seven in a row in the games for the most part. Haven't even been remotely close. Um, you're 7-0 at night, 0-4 in the day, right? I mean, like, there are trends, you know, the whole factor of, can South Carolina put back-to-back good performances together? Can the Gamecocks follow up what they did against Tennessee? You know, th- there's a lot of negative trends going into this one. But, 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 as we've seen this year, that has not mattered. Kentucky, there were negative trends. Texas A&M, there were negative trends. Hey, guess what? Tennessee, there were negative trends. And this team still find a way to overcame. Will they be able to do it again? What a what a monumental victory it would be. Guys, that being said, let's jump into a break before we get J.C. Sherbert on the show on the other side. J.C., all his thoughts on Tennessee, the game this weekend, and much more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crush. All right, guys, we're back Wednesday, November the 23rd, 2022. It is Thanksgiving Eve, and of course, it is Rivalry Week. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Now, normally, we have him on Thursday, but of course, I want to say thank you to J.C. Sherbert bringing me on Inside the Gamecocks this morning with no TDC tomorrow. Of course, we had to get him in. J.C. Sherbert inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. JC, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, uh, great to be with you doing this uh, went- Thursday is Wednesday thing this week. And it's uh actually feels more like Friday because I'm, I'm about to throw down, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. Uh, yeah. uh, I love this weekend of, of football, just Thanksgiving and spending time with family. And then the rivalries this weekend are uh, always nostalgic and uh, looking forward to a, a great weekend of football and uh, and have a little downtime. So, JC, before we get going, I got to ask you a question that's going to divide even even anyone. Is it dressing or is it stuffing? Ha. 
I'm a dressing guy because uh, in the South, I guess it's it's dressing. Um, and, you know, my, my fiance is from Chicago. She's originally from Thailand, so she's actually more of a dressing person as well. Um, we don't have her kids for Thanksgiving uh, tomorrow, so we, we're not doing a turkey, so we're doing Cornish game hens. And that requires stuffing. So I'm kind of like uh, I'm a dressing guy, but I'm, I'm going to go with the stuffing this this time around. Okay, fair enough. I, yeah. You know, it, that's it's really a conversation that doesn't bother me either way. Like, I, I don't care what you call it. but I like all of it, man. Hey, I mean, hot <laughs> take, hot take. I think whether you call it stuffing or dressing, I call it overrated. Personally. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I think, I think, it's, I think it's overrated. I, it's I, bold. Like it's, it, yeah, I, it, it's – there are other – there are other items I look forward to much more than the stuffing, the dressing, dressing whatever stuff. the hell you want to call it. Either way, let's talk ball, though. Um, I mean, JC, we sit here on this Wednesday, man. Shocking, shocking results over the weekend. You and I basically pronounced the Gamecocks as dead going into the game. And, and I mean, this football team just, just stunned everyone um, and certainly led by the offense. I mean, you score 63 points. Nine touchdowns. Spencer Rattler throws more touchdowns against Tennessee than he had the entire month of October. Um, but, I, but I feel like while we were all shocked, stunned, we felt like this was a group that was capable of what they did. You at least felt like, I'm not surprised that playmaker made that play. I'm not surprised Spencer Rattler made that throw. You kind of felt like they always had it in them, but obviously it all clicked on Saturday night. Just what you saw, man, from what was a magical night at williams Bryce Stadium. The, uh, well, I've said all year, I thought the offense had talent and good skill talent <clears throat> and uh, enough playmakers to have a good offense. You know, I've, 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 my gripes with the offense have been operational, I guess, in nature. Um, and I've made that known. And, uh, you know, I think what they did was uh, they cleaned it up. Um, you know, the, Spencer Rattler said it, limited the personnel groupings. They didn't substitute as much. They operated at a brisker tempo. Uh, although they didn't go too fast because they, they Carolina had a 17-minute time of possession advantage uh, in the game. I, I think you can go too fast sometimes when you play a team like Tennessee, um, and it kind of plays in their hands. But they, they, they didn't – there was nothing really like sluggish, uh, I guess, about the operational uh, <clears throat> aspects of the offense. And then Spencer Rattler was just on fire. I mean, uh, he showed why everybody's been high on him, <clears throat> and he was one of the top quarterback recruits in the country. He seemed comfortable from the get-go. Uh, the very first pass of the game to Kenyon was beautiful. I mean, my gosh, you know, right there. And uh, threw it to where only he could get it. Uh, and he was just in the zone. And, and the rest of the players fed off that. Juice Wells uh, had a monster game. You know, Josh Van catches a long touchdown. Uh, you know, Jalen Brooks had another bunch of big – Mario Brown had a big run on a reverse. A Juju McDowell caught it. I mean, everybody, you name it, uh, they got their playmakers involved. Um, and uh, I, I think that's, you know, how this offense needs to operate moving forward and probably how it should have been done all year. You can't go back and change anything. Uh, but moving forward, this last game in a bowl game, you know, I, I think this is the right approach to take because I think that, um, you know, when you, when you shrink things down and you execute what you're good at, uh, and then you use little – window dressing for formational stuff, whatever you want to call it to kind of throw the defense off. I think those are kind of how most of the successful offenses in college football to run, uh, regardless of if you go fast, slower, pro style, spread, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think that the, 
you know, getting good at what you do and then doing it and then throwing the other opponent off with uh, a little wrinkles. Um, it was a smart move and uh, they did that. And uh, the defense, I thought, battled the entire game. Um, you know, 500 yards, 38 points, whatever. I mean, that's that's just playing Tennessee. Right. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, Carolina's offense was scoring, 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 scoring. And they could have given them the ball back because they were scoring. Uh, and so Tennessee ran a lot of plays, um, and it didn't hurt the game. They sort of beat Tennessee at their own game. So, you know, and, and I think, Chris, it's also finally time to start talking maybe <clears throat> about Williams-Brice Stadium at night under Shane Beamer. I mean, this this has been, you know, there have been some magical moments. I mean, I, I don't know, and the light show now uh, is, is kind of a spectacle unto itself. Uh, and, and they didn't lose a game at home at night this year. Um, and I think I think there's something to be said for that. I, I don't I don't know that you start saying this is LSU East because LSU obviously historically is a different team at night than during the day at home in, in their stadium. But uh, you know I think there's something to be said now for the success that's happened under Will Muschamp. If you remember, Carolina actually played better with noon kickoffs and things like that. My theory on that is maybe they're a little tired. Maybe they got too tense thinking about the game all day. Uh, I don't really know why that was under Will, but uh, yeah. Beamer's kind of reversed that. Uh, the Gamecocks are almost like vampires. They don't uh, – they, they, they tend to play better when the sun goes down. But uh, obviously all, all phases of this program uh, were clicking. Yeah. Uh, from the culture to the fans to what's great about Carolina football uh, uh, last Saturday night, and, you know, it, it's something that won't be forgotten for a long time. It's just crazy, JC. What what a what a different conversation we're having <laughs> this week versus last. And I mean, you're right, man. It, again, being there in that atmosphere, it was uh, it was it, again, it was something that I'll carry with me forever. And it was, I mean, it was electric from start to finish. Truly a sellout. I know some people had doubted that. Truly a sellout. That place was was packed out. Was loud all night. Um, and you know, you mentioned this team being vampires seven and zero at night. Owen oh, Ford. I, I think I tweeted this. I don't know if it was Saturday or maybe the week prior. I was like, have we ever considered this team as allergic to the sun? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is something. But you, you mentioned the offense, JC, and you know what stands out from what, what you're saying. Like to me, watching that game on Saturday for the first time this season, we looked fast. Like we looked mm-hmm. really fast. Like, and I think it's just because when you're getting the ball to your playmakers, like a guy like like a Marion Brown, like that dude has world class speed, but you haven't really seen it on display. You know, but we just, we looked fast. We looked free. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of thinking back there. Like, especially Spencer Rattler. Like, it just, it didn't feel like he was processing a whole lot, right? It was just, get it, boom, let's get it to my playmaker. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. And, and fortunately for the Gamecocks, most of the time, we were the ones making the play. Yeah. And get it out to your playmakers and go. And, uh, and, and you know, Make them defend the entire field. And I said that after the Vandy game. I thought Carolina did a good job of making Vandy defend the entire field. I thought Florida was much more condensed and and just a mess, you know, as far as uh, some of the the tighter uh, formations and the the, the 20 different personnel groups running in and out and stuff like that. Uh, And and they stripped all that away. Uh, And they just said, okay, we're just going to go out here and and ball, like Marcus Satterfield said. And, man, I think, you know, like I said, the college offenses these days, you know, operate uh, that they're best when they could just go ball. I mean, there's there's really, you know, some of the better – I mean, like like Josh Heupel's offense at Tennessee, it's nothing nothing complicated. 
it just looks complicated, right? Um, and, and so I, I thought that, uh, you know, going out there, getting in a rhythm, operating at a brisker tempo, not getting bogged down, that type of thing, um, you know, was really, really important. Uh, and then just the momentum. I mean, Tennessee's a momentum team, uh, similar to Clemson, uh, but in, in a different type of way. You know, they – I mean, and they counterpunched. You know, Chris, if you think about it, Carolina marches down the field, gets a touchdown, everybody's excited. Uh, Tennessee scores in, what, three plays? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was – excuse me, it was like boom, you know. Um, but then Carolina came back and counterpunched. And then they counterpunched again, and they kept punching and kept swinging. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, that's a way to beat a momentum team is you, you just never let them really feel comfortable uh, with that momentum. Uh, and I think Carolina did a masterful job of that. Uh, you know, I kind of felt good about the game at halftime because I was like, Tennessee's just not stopping Carolina. This is not a great Tennessee defense. They've, they've kind of got their number. But really, you know, after it was it got cut to 35-31, you know, you, you kind of had some anxious moments. But Carolina marches right back down the field and scores. They counterpunched. Uh, and I think I, I think that's, that's the way you, you beat a momentum team like that is you just – you don't let them – ever sees it and uh and then you establish it you take the fight to them uh and i think carolina did a great job of that yeah and i, I just jc i know we talked about this this morning but I, I loved the mentality that aggressor mentality that that drop your nuts mentality that cam smith thought about and i, I thought the tone was set man on that first drive fourth and one you're gonna go for it you get some illegal snap penalty or something then fourth and six you don't even budge you still go for it you get it then you score the th- – it was just like from there, it was obvious to me that Carolina was said, you know what, we, we know we're huge underdogs. We're, we're just going to let it all hang out. We're, going, we're not going to leave anything, you know, anything uh, – you know, we're, we're, we're going to empty the clip, if you will, and, yeah. and throw everything we got at them. And, and, and so I just – and I thought that was really beneficial. I know you thought this morning that you, you advise or you think it's smart for Carolina to have that same mentality going into this weekend moving forward. And, I, you know, I, I just wonder – and I know the question comes back to why did it take – 11 games for that to be incorporated. But, um, you know, I, I just loved that that attacking nature with which the Gamecocks played with on, on Saturday night. Yeah, and that's Shane Beamer, man. I mean, you know, I wrote about this last week at the end of the Tennessee game. You know, if Beamer ball 2.0 really wants to take off, the, you know, you've got an opportunistic defense that forces turnovers, that plays aggressive. Clayton White will send pressure and – use exotic fronts and, and, and his kids like playing in that system. I mean, you've heard him talk about it publicly, like, wow, we like, love this defense. Um, and, and, you know, kind of what he did is it's a lot of the same concepts must champ used, but it's, it's a more of a college defense. It's easier to learn. And, 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 you know, uh, we could talk all day about the saving defense and how complicated it, whatever, but, uh, and, and, you know, then you got limbo with uh, the special teams and, and, you know, special teams, uh, only had to do like one punt, right? I guess they kicked off a bunch, and and and, and Mitch Jeter scored nine points and did not make a field goal, <laughs> uh, which was weird. But um, it, uh, you know, the special teams had a quiet night because they didn't have to do anything. And yeah. you know, then there's been the offense, and, and the offense is is you know has not been an attacking style of offense unless they're able to just line up and run it all over somebody. Well, Saturday night they attacked, and, and and I think that's kind of what Shane Beamer had in mind when he when he when he kind of set the standards for this program. He's not a guy that wants to sit back and and run, you know, 
a bunch of 22 personnel or 13 personnel and grind it out for a win. That's just, that's not even what they did at Virginia tech. I mean, you know, uh, and even at Georgia, his, his couple of years, you know, sure they ran the ball, but you know, it was, it was, it was a different, you know, they scored a lot of points at times. So, um, especially against Oklahoma. So I, I think this is what he had in mind. And I think this program cannot afford to not be aggressive in all three phases. Um, you're in the SEC, you know, I think you can get enough talent here to compete with just about anybody on the schedule, but you have to have edge in other aspects of it because you're, you're not realistically going to sit there and out recruit everybody in the league. Like Alabama does, you know, you're going to have to sit there and even Alabama has to be aggressive. Right. So uh, I, I think in this league, you have to have some kind of edge. Uh, it, and it was apparent that they, they kind of installed that in, in two of the three phases. And then uh, the third phase obviously came on in a big way uh, on Saturday night. JC, before we get off of Tennessee, I got to ask you, how many times this week do you think you've been asked who was calling the plays on Saturday? <laughs> Quite a bit. I, I'm kind of staying out of that uh, with, because uh, there's about some conflicting info out there, but uh, here's what I know about that. And I'll just, I'll just kind of say what I, I what's the, what, what I think is the truth. Uh, I, I think, it, it wasn't so much ever about like the play calling. Uh, it was what they were carrying into games. It was too much um, for a, for a, a, a college football team. Right. Um, and I think even it can even confuse coaches during in game when you're trying to make quick decisions of what to call, how to call it, that kind of thing. Uh, I also think when you substitute and, you know, uh, Rattler told Tim Tebow, uh, before the game Saturday that against Florida, Carolina had like 20 different personnel packages. They ran in and out. I think, quite frankly, in, in the game today, uh, that gives a gift to opposing defensive coordinators because they, they can just sit there and dissect you. And, and they're used to going against all these offenses that go 90 miles an hour. They're scrambling and they're like, man, wait, wait a minute. Well, these guys are, you know, okay, well, let's, let's match them and sub here and sub there. You know, you can achieve uh, different formations and you can achieve what you want to achieve with the personnel groupings, Chris, uh, just with, with the personnel you've got. Carolina's blessed with versatile guys that can do a lot of different things. Um, and I've been preaching that this year, and they finally did it. You know, um, they ran many uh, ran many of the same plays over and over, but they would put a little wrinkle here. You know, sometimes Atkins would be in the backfield. Sometimes he'd be kind of at a wing. You know, sometimes they'd use motion. Sometimes they wouldn't. Uh, but it was the same kind of plays. And, and you know, Good offenses have done that. Steve Spurrier, that's what he did. You know, he, you'd look out every game and you would think Steve Spurrier drew up like, you know, 20 new ball plays during the week because it would look different. But if you look at that's kind of the skin. If you look at the guts of the play, it's the same thing. Uh, he just, you know, threw some, sometimes he'd use two tight ends. Sometimes, he, you know, like uh, in the Georgia game in 2012, for example, the pass to uh, Rory Anderson, Busta Anderson, kind of on the, it was, I think it was the first touchdown of the ball game, uh, or maybe the second. Uh, that that they run that Carolina ran that play under Steve Spurrier twenty five different times. But it, you know, sometimes it was a receiver that did it. Sometimes it was a tight end that did it. Sometimes it was this. Sometimes it was that. Um, it was very similar to the pass Garcia threw to, or the play that Garcia ran when he threw it to Alshon in the Clemson game in twenty ten. Uh, the I call it the twirl play because Alshon kind of twirled around and scored or, or got a big game. Um, but at the, those two plays, if, if, if we just looked at them, we'd say, that's two different plays. 
but it's not. It's yeah. out of the, the different formations. And, uh, you know, that's easier on your kids, I think, to learn. Uh, I think it's easier for them to go execute uh, because they're not falling for the eye candy. The defense is. And, and I think it makes it harder to stop because, you know, you, you're running things that you're really good at running. Uh, but the other team doesn't necessarily dissect it as easy. So I, I think those were all keys. Uh, and, and that's what happened. You know, Sack, Sack called it, uh, but they stripped it back. And, and I think that actually made probably him more comfortable, quite frankly, uh, to get in the flow of the game as well. JC, Carolina, Clemson, enough said. This is a huge week. The rivalry matchup. Gamecocks looking to snap an ugly streak. Uh, before we dive into this game, I'll ask you, obviously, again, you've been around this program for quite a long time, been covering them for a while. Your uh, your favorite memory or two from the Carolina Clemson rivalry? Anything specifically for uh, you stand out? I've got a lot, man, because it's, uh, it, it's been, gosh, I guess, I mean, my whole life uh, I've lived this game. But uh, I, uh, you know, I, I, 94 stands out uh, because that was um, – it's Brad Scott's first year. Carolina needed the win to get bowl eligible. Uh, I went with my buddy who, who's like, it's kind of crazy. I grew up in the upstate, but really don't. And this isn't intentional, okay? I, I didn't like set out to do this. It just so happened my entire circle of friends were Carolina people. Uh, I was friends with one Clemson guy that ended up going to Clemson, and and we remain friends to this day. But, you know, he loves to rub my nose in it. He sent me a long text after last year's game. I was like, oh, my God. And hadn't heard from him in months. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of pissed me off a little bit because I was like, man, I, you know, I hadn't heard from you in a while. And you, it wasn't just a nice, like, ah, we beat you guys again. Ha ha. It was like, you guys are a bunch of losers, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But anyway, so uh, we went to the game. You know, we were in high school and, and we went over there and it was just managed to score like really good tickets in the lower deck. And uh, I was there for the uh, Brandon Bennett throwback. Uh, and Reggie yeah. Richardson takes it down, and Carolina just beat the tar out of them, thirty-three-seven. Uh, and so I got to rub it in his nose, really good. <laughs> um, the push-off game in two thousand uh, has a lot of great memories for me, just because I went with a bunch of friends. And uh, as disappointing as that loss was, and as as much as it, it gripes everybody to this day, I still remember looking over at my friend. It was kind of snowing in the upper deck at Death Valley. Um, I was a student at Carolina at the time, and I, I, my buddy was over there, and people were crying and stuff. Uh, and he looked up because it's the best game I've ever seen, you know. And at the time, it probably was. Uh, and so we found some joy out of that in the in the darkness. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, probably the other one that stands out to me is '09, just because it was kind of one of those "here we go again" games when Spiller takes the opening kickoff back after the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that's the first day I heard the Patrick Davis song, Big Old Cock. Um, it's kind of funny. The first time I heard that song, South Carolina goes on a five-game win streak in the in the rivalry series. Uh, but, uh, you know, Eric Norwood was huge in that game. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, they used that package. Garcia was really good. Wesley Saunders had a touchdown. Uh, Carolina really, they couldn't be stopped. They weren't going to be denied that day. Uh, and, and I think at that point, had Spurrier lost that game, you know, he goes to one and four against Clemson, and you're just kind of sitting there going, man, you know, is this thing ever going to take off? That win, I think, despite the pizza bowl later that, that they screwed around in, that win, I think, kind of set the tone uh, for the big run because it kind of said, well, look, you know, you, you beat these guys. You know, Steve Spurrier is an excellent coach, you know, and Lattimore comes in, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, 
those are probably the three that stand out. But I mean, I've, I've been to, I used to go every year. Hadn't been in, uh, gosh, 2015. No, I went in 2017. I went in 2017. Hadn't been since 2017, but I uh, used to, you know, if I'm in within driving distance or whatever, I, I usually make a point to go just because I, I love the rivalry. It's what I grew up with. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, a lot of memories there just, uh, you know, all, all across the board. Well, JC, this is a this is a rivalry that has been full of streaks for sure. And, and right now, Clemson on a seven-game winning streak, one in the last seven contests, obviously. And it's, it's uh, you know, unfortunate Shane Beamer because he's only lost one, but that is the streak right now. You know, I, I think, J.C., going in this when we were all flying high, tons of confidence after the Tennessee game, but I think one of the biggest storylines in this one is, you know, we talked over the summer about this is a big game for Shane Beamer, even in the sense of, and again, I am certainly not sitting here preaching any sort of moral victories. I, I'm not doing that. But when you're able to kind of take a step back, J.C., wouldn't you agree? I mean, at minimum, it's really important for this South kind of program to – return some sense of competitiveness back to the rivalry. I mean, the games have not even been remotely close, right? And, and last year, I mean, a lot of folks are picking the Gamecocks to win, sort of similar situation. We're riding high after Auburn. And you don't just get beat. You get beat 30 to zero. So, mm -hmm. I mean, just talk about that. Because, again, I, I look at this, and obviously it'd be huge to win this game. But at minimum, I think South Carolina has got to – use this at, as the start of getting some competitiveness back into this rivalry. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's basically uh, since 2015, it's been competitive for like one half. <laughs> uh, and that was, of course, the <clears throat> the 56-35 game where, you know, I think Carolina knew that night they were uh, undermanned on defense quite a bit and that they were going to have to score every play to stay in it and, Daggum, they almost they, – or every drive – not, not every play. That would that would be dumb. Every drive. Uh, and they almost did. I mean, you know, uh, Jake uh, – they misfired on a couple passes in the red zone on fourth down. But they were close and uh, – or, or they would have – it would have been a touchdown game in the fourth quarter. But um, other than that, though, I feel like I've watched the same game over and yeah. over. Uh, 2017 – uh, you know, 2016, Carolina had no chance against that team because the, a bunch of freshmen out there, Muschamp's first year, you had the brilliant uh, – the guy in the yellow hat, Jake had to run, run over to the sidelines because they're trying to kind of slow it down or whatever. That didn't work. So they had no chance in that one. But, you know, 2017, Carolina's an eight-win team. Clemson had dropped a game to Syracuse and all that. They were kind of hitting their stride, but Carolina's defense just went out there and did not play well. You know, 2019, there was no shot yeah. in that game. Um, 2020 didn't play. Uh, and then last year was disappointing because the, South Carolina's defense, although they, they did struggle against the run at times, hmm. you didn't look at Clemson coming into that game uh, offensively and go, man, Carolina's really got to play well against the run. You, you, you sort of thought, well, the Carolina defense matches up. You know, the offense is a complete mismatch, and it was even more so than we thought. But maybe, you know, you get a turnover – uh, you know, you, 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 you have a good night on defense and hold Clemson back. Uh, like a lot of their games last year were, you know, they beat Georgia Tech, what, 14 to eight. Um, and maybe you have a shot at the end, right? Uh, I thought it would go similarly to the, and I picked Carolina to win too, because I didn't know when I'd get another chance to do that. Um, I thought it'd be similar to like Clemson's Cheez-It Bowl win over Iowa State, where, you know, it was 20 to 13. Clemson kind of had the game in hand, but it, but it was close, and, and Iowa State played pretty good defense, and, you know, that kind of deal. 
uh, but it wasn't. It was the same game that we saw under Will Muschamp in 2017 and 2019, and uh, it was just unfortunate because it was South Carolina, it looked like they were intimidated, um, and, and they just didn't play that well. Uh, and, and giving up that many rushing yards in your own house, I think that was a season-high rushing yards the Gamecocks gave up to an offense that, frankly, wasn't ranked very high, hadn't done very well all year. Uh, except against Wake Forest, who they always seem to do well against. Yeah. Um, you you kind of – it was disheartening. Uh, you know, people ask me what was the worst performance of, of 2021 or the most disappointing loss. Um, and I usually lean toward that Missouri loss, but uh, I said there are some aspects of the Clemson loss, not that Carolina lost, but, but how they played. Uh, at home, everybody's feeling good. You just got bowl eligible, year one of Beamer. Uh, you just beaten Auburn. Uh, you know, the Jason Brown was kind of, you know, hey, Jason Brown could lead them to victory. And then it, they just fell flat on their face. So, and I think Beamer realizes that this year. I think some of his comments uh, this week kind of lead me to believe that uh, there's been a major emphasis on refocusing uh, for this yeah. football game. And I think yeah. that'll help. Yeah, I think so too, JC, when, when he talks about, you know, we're, we're not tweeting about Tennessee anymore. We, we've gotten all our videos out of the way. Like we're, we're focused on the task at hand. Now let's, let's talk the challenge that Clemson presents uh, offensively, you know, JC, and, and you mention it, they, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels, the matchup feels pretty similar to last year in the sense that I, I expect Clemson to lean on Shipley and Moffa, the rushing attack. You know, I know DJU's had his moments, but he's not really a guy that I look at that scares me that he's going to break out and throw for 300 uh, obviously, Anthony Williams on the outside is going to be a fun match to watch due to the the uh, the, the recruiting story, if you will, with him and uh -huh. Justin Stepp and the Gamecocks. And I know they love to use the tight end as well, right? They're really effective in that. But, yeah. but uh, you know, fair or unfair, I, I kind of look at this as like South Carolina. If they can slow down the run game, I, there's going to be the opportunity, I think, to have a lot of success. I mean, yeah, DJ threw for, what, 99 yards last year? Right. Cam Smith picked him off. They took a shot early and – you know that didn't uh, didn't pan out too well for the Tigers, but uh, it, it, you know Clemson's evolved uh, through the years, and one of the things you know take the rivalry out of it that I, you know, I admire Dabo for doing is what he's how he's built it is you know they used to be kind of this team that you know before they got in the, on the national scene you know they could outscore you they could put up points struggled with better defenses weren't all that great on defense themselves but they built toward it right. Um, you know, and then you had the Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence years where they were just kind of, they were really good on both sides. Right. And they, they could, they could outscore you. They could, you know, shut you out. I mean, there are a lot of ugly games, a lot of blowouts there, but you know, when he doesn't have uh, a Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson, what, what they do a really good job of is they, they kind of get you in a death grip because they're a defensive minded run oriented football team that, that kind of knows how to win, but they do enough other stuff to where you have to kind of take note of it. And, you know, the, they're like Tennessee in the sense they are a momentum team as well. Uh, if you look at the game they, they lost this year uh, to Notre Dame, they never got the momentum. You know, Notre Dame had it from start to finish. If you look at the Syracuse game, man, Syracuse had momentum three quarters of that game, and Clemson just, boom, turns it on and comes back. You know, they're both sides of the ball for them complement each other so well, uh, and they feed off of each other. Um, and, and, and it makes them difficult to beat when, when you have a team that runs it and that can play defense and, and, and can keep you off the field and, 
uh, you know, gets you off the field quickly, you know, that, uh, that says something uh, about them. So, you know, for Carolina, you know, I think, I think it, it's, it's going to be, you know, keep attacking on the field uh, and uh, honestly, you know, stop the run. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I think they're absolutely spot on. I, nothing against the Clemson receivers. I think they're good, but I think Carolina secondary matches up quite well. Uh, and I think you can get pressure on DJ uh, and force him into some mistakes. And, and that's kind of what the bread and butter of this defense under Clayton White. So, you know, for, for goodness sake, don't let Moffa and Shipley and, and DJ just run all over you uh, on Saturday. You know, do something. <laughs> do something about it. Uh, and, and I think if they do, Carolina can have a successful day on defense. As Lou Holtz used to say, shut up and hit somebody. That's it. <laughs> yeah, shut up and hit somebody. <laughs> uh, JC, on the offensive note, again, short, sweet, and to the point, like you mentioned, man, attack, attack, attack. More of what we saw against Tennessee. Play free, play loose. Um you know, and, and let them hang, man. Play with nothing to lose. I mean, I, I think we talked this morning just playing aggressive, being the aggressor. And, you know, I, I would expect to see Carolina yet again go for it on fourth down. Like, again, play with that nothing to lose mentality. Get your playmakers the football. You know, don't ask Spencer Rattler to think a whole lot. Not saying that, you know, he's not – he's a very intelligent quarterback. But let him just go play, right? You can do all the thinking in practice this week. Once you hit that field, hey, it's time to let your talent shine um, the front seven for Clemson is obviously elite, but what do you see from their secondary and where do you see matchups where Carolina can exploit? Them? You know, they miss Andrew Booth a little bit, uh, off last year's team, uh, back there. Uh, I, I think they're talented. Uh, you know, they've recruited well, uh, they've got players. I think they got very active safeties. Their linebackers are almost scary. I mean, Trenton Simpson is, and they just moved him to, uh, the Sam, I think is what it's called. Some kind of in, inside position instead of outside. And that's paid off pretty well for him. You know, they can all run. They'll hit you, um, that kind of thing. It's, it's not just their line, you know, it's their linebackers as well. But, you know, if this defense at Clemson, which has been good for a long time, if they do have kind of a, a bugaboo, uh, you know, the Notre Dame game this year, notwithstanding that shot probably has a top five offensive line, you know, in the country, um, you know, with the Notre Dame game, notwithstanding is, is, is they, they're susceptible to giving up big plays in the past game, just like Tennessee. Uh, it's a, it's a lot bigger challenge uh, to kind of back them off, but uh, you know, cause they are so good, but uh, they, uh, you know, again, with the exception of Notre Dame, they only threw it 17 times, but they were 60 mile an hour wins, et cetera. Uh, and the leprechauns and all that, right? Uh, I, I haven't seen a team very often just line up and run it all over the Tigers. You know, that you have to have a passing game to keep them honest to back 104 them off. Because, rush yards per game they're yeah. allowing. So they, they've been good. Yeah. They've been good again. So they, yeah, they're not, you're, you're realistically, if you can get to 125 rushing cards, I think against these guys, you've had a good day. They're susceptible, though, uh, <clears throat> to the, and, and quite frankly, you know, as talented as I think their secondary is, and I, I do think they got some good players back there. You know, South Carolina's receivers are pretty daggum talented as well. So I, I think, you know, you, you got talent on talent, may the best man win. And, you know, with Rattler throwing the ball, uh, if he's still on, I, I kind of like the Gamecocks' chances there. And maybe this is a week, J.C., where Beamer ball shows itself. That would be a great week to get it. <laughs> it would be a great week to get it, just like back in 2010 when you got it. And, some other games. Uh, JC, I'll ask you this too. Do you feel like weather could play a factor in this game? I'm seeing a lot of comments from our folks. It looks like there's 
chance of showers? Does that impact your thinking on this game? And I guess that leads me into, I know it's a day early, but are you ready to make a prediction? Or even if you're not, you're, you're feeling you're feeling on the game going into it. I, yeah, I'll give you I, – I, I, one game a year, Chris, I just don't pick it. Um, like, okay. on, like we have this thing on 24-7 sports called Crystal Ball. There's one recruit a year I just don't – I'm just no, not going to even yeah. bother yeah. with it. I'm superstitious yeah. like yeah. that. Uh, but that's just one thing. I, you know, so I, 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 I do say scenarios. I think South Carolina, you know, if – they come out uh, if they come out and, and have the same plan of attack against uh, Clemson to Tennessee and they lose, you're not going to hear me say anything bad about the offensive play call coordinator or anything. You know that that just means hey, you, you, you live live by the sword, die by the sword, and I can take that a whole lot better than reverting back to what we saw you know against Missouri or whoever. Um, you know I, I think if South Carolina can get the pass game going, mix it up, make them defend the entire field, stay balanced. Uh, stay resilient because Clemson's going to make big plays and you just counter punch like you did. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a fourth quarter game. South Carolina can win. Um, you know, you, you just never know. Uh, Clemson's a hard team to sort of figure out because, uh, and this is not their fault. This is a, something Carolina fans pick on Clemson people about all the time. It's not their fault who they play, right? They, they have to play who they have to play. They're, 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 uh, I'm sure that when all that stuff was happening with uh, the Big Ten uh, over the summer or whatever, I'm sure if the Big Ten or SEC and they were legally able to do so, Clemson would probably join another league. It's not their fault. But, dude, they have not played. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's the best team they've played. And that's not the best Notre Dame team ever. And they lost by 21. I mean, you know, some of these teams like NC State and Syracuse and, and all that, they've been ranked this year. Louisville is in the top 25 for some reason. But it's a function of the ACC schedule. Those two te- those Louisville – would not last a week in the SEC. I mean, you know, and, and so Clemson, it, it's, you know, that that's a factor you think about as well. You know, you're like, huh, you know, this Carolina may very well be the best team Clemson's faced. So, you know, that's a factor. You know, you mentioned the rain. Uh, I think it favors the passing games of both teams. Uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm borrowing from Steve Spurrier here because he would always say, well, you know, shoot, the rain, that's fine because we know where our guys are going and the defensive backs don't. Uh, wind, wind, he hated the wind, though, because the wind would blow the ball all over the field. I just don't want it to be windy, you know. Um, so, so I'm, I'm kind of – I think it favors the passing game and maybe the offenses a little bit. But I'll tell you this, too. You mentioned Beamer ball. There's always that chance on a punt, especially if you're back there thinking about, God, these guys have blocked a punt. Uh, the other team that – leads the nation in block punts is Notre Dame. They blocked a punt against Clemson. You know, you know they're sitting there thinking about it. And when the ball's wet and it's sloppy, you can have some things go askew. So I, I think it favors the the beamer ball aspect of the Gamecocks if it does rain hard as well. So I think, I think that's the scenario. I think the other scenario is if uh, <clears throat> the uh, defense does not get better against the run and, and stop it and Shipley goes off and Moffa goes off and – can't stop DJ and the offense doesn't go very far. Uh, it could be a long day. It could be another long day. And we, we may watch the same game we've watched the last, uh, you know, seven, eight years. So th- those are the two scenarios I have uh, for the ball game. But uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, I, I'm anticipating a competitive football game Saturday. 
JC, I appreciate you being gracious with your time, my friend. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Last thing I promise before I get you out of here, the win over Tennessee, that game being on ESPN, nationally televised, sold-out crowd. What can you tell us about the recruiting impact of that ball game? Because I'm sure it was massive. Oh, it was. Uh, you know, they, they had a lot of their top commits. And see, when, when you go through a season, Chris, and maybe you have some turmoil, some ugly losses, it, it, it's not it's not often that you, you start losing guys, decommit, you know, guys decommit or flip or whatever. It has to get really bad. But there's always that, that concern. So, so you want to make sure guys like uh, Desmond Yu, the four-star DN from, you know, up, up in the D.C. area, or, you know, uh, Big Tree Babalade or Marquis, Anderson, excuse me, or some of those guys that, uh, you know, highly got, you sure they start looking around. Uh, so they had, they had them in, uh, it was a big weekend at all of them in, they all had a great time. Uh, and, and they had a plan for if things got out of hand, you, you kind of take them up to the zone and feed them and Hey, don't look at the game. Look here, you know, but, uh, boy, uh, most of them went on the field. Some of them went in the locker room after the game. They all had a blast. It could not have gone any better for recruiting in terms of who's there. But also, you, you think about that primetime ESPN spot. You think about Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler. You think about the, the blimp and the aerial shots and the rock concert style. I mean, dude, it's like, it's like uh, I, I was just looking at a picture of the stadium or, or watching a video of the post game. And it was almost like Sandstorm was still like reverberating in the stadium and, and they weren't even playing it. And I was like, wow, that's just weird and trippy. And, and I kind of dig it. Right. But, uh, you know, the kids saw that and, and, and they see that and they're like, man, this, this would probably be a cool place to play. Uh, and I'm sure that offensive skill players that have been interested in South Carolina that maybe have been less than impressed <laughs> and thinking if I go there, I'm going to catch 20 balls. Luckily, uh, maybe they saw kind of, you know, what the plan is moving forward, uh, and, and you know, uh, schematically and, and, and all that stuff that goes into recruiting decisions for skill talent. You know, maybe they saw that, hey, you know, th this can be a fun place to go play offensive football. JC Sherbert inside the Gamecocks at Vicksburg. JC, again, thank you so much for being flexible with your schedule. So happy we were able to get you on this week with uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow, and happy Thanksgiving, my friend, to you and yours. and Excited for the, what the weekend holds for us, my friend. Appreciate you. We'll do it again next week, my man. Absolutely, Chris. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the, your audience out there. And uh, hopefully we're talking about a victory and uh, where they're going to go bowling uh, next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. JC, I appreciate you, man. We'll talk right, soon. Take care, bud. Great stuff from JC Sherber. Guys, we will roll into the end of the show. No break. Let me open up the phone lines. Always a pleasure, man, talking with JC. JC such a legend. He's great at what he does. Uh, no pick from JC for the game. No pick, but I respect it, right? I respect that. I respect that. Um, let's see. I I respect, uh, you know, having that mentality going in the game, but uh, I will be locking in the prediction on Friday. So, anyways, guys, phone lines are open. Y'all want to squeeze in a last-minute call. Questions, comments, guys. Kemper, my guy. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, guys, let me quickly remind you, Saturday, we will be at Carolina Alehouse Harbison in Columbia, South Carolina. We will not be going up to the game. We will instead be hosting our final watch party of the season. So, uh, if you're in the Columbia area, you're in the Midlands, maybe you just want to get out of the upstate if you're not going to the game. Come on down. Again, Carolina Alehouse 
Harbison, all the details are on social media, pinned to the top of all of our social media pages. Would love to see you guys out there. Going to be one hell of a time. Rebecca. Mm. Rebecca, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I mean, we can close the show that way if you guys want. What's your uh, what, what, what? What's everybody thankful for? We want to share what we're thankful for. I, I, I said on the podcast today, guys, and I will uh, I will mention it again. I'm I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for each and every single one of you guys that uh, makes TSUS what it is on a day in day out basis and makes everything possible. You know, it, without you guys, it wouldn't be possible what we're doing, uh, where we are, where we've been, what we're evolving into, and. Um, I'm just so grateful every single day that we have this support system of folks that tune in. I mean, I know there's, you know, I talk to people about the Daily Crow and how special it is. And I'm like, man, there, there are people, we've got folks that tune in every single day. Like the Daily Crow has become part of, you know, our own, our, part of our routines, right? And it's, uh, you know, I, it's it's funny, man, because I used to not do this. And it's like, I almost can't even imagine life not doing this show. You know what I mean? It's 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 become such a such an integral part of what I do on a day-in, day-out basis. So, um, yeah, happy, happy. He says, breathing in and out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, and thankful to, to wake up every day and be happy, healthy. And, and uh, Rebecca, thankful for Jesus Christ dying on the cross for me, Rebecca. You're the best. You're the best. Madison, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Um, again, I would say take the time, you know, enjoy it, enjoy family, enjoy friends, enjoy food, enjoy football. Um, you know, enjoy that time, right? Enjoy that time. This is a great week. And again, like I said, guys, I'm, I'm thankful for my family, my friends, my people in my inner circle, those that, that rock with me and support me and show me love. Hell, I'm thankful for the people that don't like me too. And I'm, I'm thankful for, for everybody that plays a role in my life because without everyone, uh, without they're they're all essential. They're all essential. You know what I mean. And and I'm 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 grateful for I'm so grateful for the life that that uh, that I've been able to construct and build. And it's it's a blessing, man. It's 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 hard to put into words. So Travis Allen says thirty one to twenty seven Gamecocks. I love that. Love the pick. Love the pick, man. Love the pick. So I, I hope it comes true. <laughs> I hope it comes true for sure. Um, yeah, guys, again, I, I could just keep saying it. Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Um, yeah, th thankful that we get to do this day in, day out. And it's, you know, it's funny, man. I have people ask me all the time, you know, what's what's the five-year plan? And, you know, what's your long-term goal? And, you know, I, I certainly do have have macro goals and long-term goals. And uh, But, you know, I, I'm someone, guys, that I feel like you can get too caught up looking ahead right? Oh, this, this is what's going to happen in five years. This is the five-year plan. Don't lose sight of the beauty of this present moment, man. Don't, don't lose sight of how incredible it is, you know, what, uh, what you're doing in the present moment, because that's all you got. That's really all you got. You know, the future is something down the road. The past has already happened. All you have is this moment right now. So, uh, Mitchell Red says, how do you feel about Dana Beers not choosing South Carolina? Yeah, it was disappointing. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I tell you this, if you couldn't get him after the weekend in Columbia, the Gamecocks beating Tennessee, I, it just, you, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess you just didn't have a shot. I don't know. Justin Langford says, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Justin. He says, we hope everybody gets the turkey ham dressing along with deviled eggs, all the goodies like pecan pie, pumpkin pie. You're making me hungry, Justin. You're making me hungry right now. You're making me hungry, my man. Um, anyways, guys, of course, no TDC tomorrow. We will be back on Friday. Like I said, we might go an extra hour. Maybe, maybe just stay tuned. Maybe we will. 
Greg Bedinger, much love to you, my friend. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We've hit 2 o'clock. Thank y'all so much again. Check out the podcast. I dropped this morning. Uh, Tuesday, Pressure Takeaways, Best Bet, SEC Gambling Picks for Rivalry Week. And, of course, football Rivalry Weekend starts for us tomorrow, right? The Egg Bowl run throughout the weekend. Going to be a lot of fun, guys. Thank y'all so much again. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Those traveling, please be safe. And, again, thank y'all so much. I'm thankful for each and every single one of you that tunes in, shows love. Um, From the bottom of my heart, thank y'all so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate y'all. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And we will talk to you all on Friday.